You're listening to a podcast of This Positive Life, the body.com's growing collection of first-person stories from people living with HIV. This is Hernan Merea reporting for thebody.com. We will be speaking with Enrique in Tucson, Arizona. How did you find out that you were HIV positive? Well, it was an interesting story. I was about to get out of the United States Army on a chapter for homosexual conduct, which I, I self-admitted, and I had to take my physical. Everybody has to take a physical when they leave the service, and I asked for a blood check just to make sure everything was straight. And it took about a month, and later, right after that month's time frame, they called me in back to the hospital, and they told me that my paperwork had to stop. And I was very curious to ask, I didn't ask why, but when the doctor sat me down, I kind of put two and two together, and I let him do the rest of the talking. I pretty much figured out what he was going to tell me. Do you have any hint how you got infected? That one is another question for myself. I was pretty promiscuous when I was younger, but I always made sure that I used protection because I knew it was just going to be a one-time shot with uh, with some guy that I was with, but... My last relationship was with another soldier, and I really I felt in love really bad, and we stopped using protection. And to be honest, he was the only one that I never used protection with. But I don't think he gave it to me. And honestly, if he did, I wouldn't be as mad at him as, as I would if it was a stranger. You haven't really spoken to this person about the issue. No, we parted ways pretty difficultly, and... Uh, we haven't spoken since. What happened when you first find out? What was your reaction? When I first found out, I immediately asked myself, what do I have to do to fight this thing? I teared up, and I, I didn't cry at all. I haven't cried yet. I want to be able to cry over this thing, but I immediately responded like a soldier, where when we deploy, when we go out to some place, it was real difficult on my family, but I always told them, because I've been deployed three times, the first time I said, I'm not going to call, I'm not going to write, you know, I'm gonna, I'll appreciate the stuff that you guys give me, but I, I'm going to focus on my mission at hand. When I come back home, then I'll do all that stuff. And I treated it like that. I treated it like, okay, fine. I have HIV. I have to fight this thing now. I came up with all these plans of what I got to do, actions I have to take. And then maybe when I'm in the hospital and I'm dying, maybe then I'll start crying and, you know, letting it all out. But honestly, I see it like I don't have time for that right now. Did you tell anybody about it initially? I initially told one of my closest friends. It was kind of like by accident, but he was one of my soldiers. And at the time, the week later, when after I found out, he had to be put in the hospital for spinal meningitis. And I was a squad leader, and I had to go visit him to make sure he was okay. I was so paranoid. When I first found out I had HIV, I was, I was really, really paranoid about getting germs and I wanted everything clean, and I didn't want to eat out anymore using the forks and stuff. And I went to go see him, and I had the mask on and white surgical gloves on and everything. And <laughs> he asked me a simple question. He said, how come you have all that stuff on? And I said, well, I'm just trying to protect myself, bro. And that's when I said, well, you know, i got to tell you something. I let him know I was HIV positive. And he gave me a look like of concern, not like he was mad or anything, and... He just said, okay, and that was it. Have your feelings about having HIV changed over time? It has, yes, sir. Initially, I was paranoid. All of a sudden, 
I didn't want to hug people. I felt like I was uh, an alien or whatever. I didn't want to give anybody sick or anything like that. At the same token, I demanded people to hear me to say, hey, I have HIV now. And my mom, she still gets on me. She says, your HIV does not make who you are as a person. It does not define you. And today I can say honestly that I, I treat it like it's a pebble in my shoe. And I have it and it's going to be there, and I, I can't take the shoe off and dump the pebble out. It's just going to be there. It bugs me sometimes, but I just got to learn to live with it. How soon did you tell your family about the diagnosis? How long did it take you to talk to them? That one was pretty difficult because I was stationed in the middle of Texas, and on the way from Texas back to California is El Paso, and my baby brother lives in El Paso. I did not want to tell my family over the phone, but the first person I wanted to tell was my mother. And it took about a month because after that diagnosis, then it took another month to fill out the paperwork. And that month felt forever to me to keep a secret from my mom like that. And it was very, very difficult. But I told myself, I'm not going to tell any of the, anybody over the phone because I'd be selfish if I did that. I had to see her in person. When I was driving to El Paso to stop at my brother's house, I, I knew he was going to be mad at me after it all came out. But I knew if I would have told him, he would have told my mother on the phone before I got home. And my mom would have been very upset with me when I got there. So it was either my mom being mad at me or my little brother being mad at me for not telling him at all. So I didn't tell him, and I waited till I got to California to tell my mom. Can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? It was, I think it's a very powerful story. You spoke to your mother. How did she respond? How did you feel when, at that time? It's interesting because my brother... He has trouble with the law sometimes, and he was having troubles at the same time. And when I went home, and they were like, okay, here comes Chico, and, and you know, he's big sergeant, and he's going to get in his brother's booty and, you know, yell with him and everything. They always saw me as that strict military, diehard Republican type, love, love the president and all that. But when I went home, I had really, really, and it was kind of hard. I don't like doing that with my mom, especially. She's my confidant, but I have to tell her everything because she's my confidant. I knew she would understand, but I didn't know how she would react to it. It wasn't as bad with the coming out with me being homosexual. It was more so when I had to tell her I was HIV positive, and she just had, like, a single tear drop from her eye, and I, I didn't want to get mad at her, but I said, Mom, you know, don't worry about it. I know what i got to do. And she just had that one little tear, and she just shook, shook her head, and then that was it. And I'm pretty sure there was other things going on after I left the house, but they won't let me see it. It was a difficult moment. It was extremely difficult. I didn't want to disappoint her and everything I accomplished and everything, and I just didn't want to go home like I was a loser. But I have to understand, she's my mom. She will never see me like that. After everything was over and said and done, she still accepted me, and... From there, the, my other family members, they don't like it, but they see her example as you know, the leader of the family. My dad's not around anymore. What about your brother? What did he say when you told him, finally? My mom didn't tell me. He shook it off like it was nothing. But my mom told me later on, like a month later, that he was in the room crying for like a couple of days, nonstop all night crying, and that he was worried about me. He's more of a machismo than I am. He won't ever show it. I'm going to head over back to California for my birthday. I'm just not even going to mention that. I don't want to deny it, but 
there's a time and place, and I don't think that it would be appropriate mm-hmm. to mention that and just, you know, just live my life. I mean, I'll, I'll be more than happy to talk to him about it, but he's more machismo than I am, so. You've also told some friends, right? Yes, sir. Uh, have you gotten any bad responses from people when you told them? I've only gotten one. It's kind of funny to me now, but I only got one bad response so far, and it wasn't even from a friend. It was from a nurse when I was checking in over at the VA when she asked me, what do I have? And I said, I'm HIV positive. And then she goes immediately after, are you homosexual? And I, <laughs> I just I started laughing openly, and she's like, what's wrong with the question? And she couldn't even see for herself the way it came out. It was comical for me because I can laugh at myself, but... If I wasn't now, I, I would have been offended, like, um, but it was just comical to me. In general, how do you find the health services you get from Veterans Administration and the care they offer? In the Army, I give them a lot of credit. They don't let us openly service as homosexuals, but when they found that I was HIV positive, they took care of me. I mean, they really made sure that I got to see an infectious diseases doctor somewhere in Texas. They got me with the VA, and they asked me where I was going to be moving to. And when I let them know it was Arizona, they immediately contacted the VA in Arizona, and it was smooth. It took some time but because I had to physically meet the people in Arizona, but it was a smooth transition. You are getting your health services from them? Yes, yes. I'm getting my health services through the VA in Tucson. And you're satisfied with how they're caring for you? Yes, they jumped right on the ball. And the doctor there himself over at the VA is an infectious diseases doctor. I mean, I wasn't going to have it any other way. I would have just went to a clinic out somewhere in, in some hospital in Tucson. But also with that in mind, I said, yes, this is acceptable. I just wanted to find out more about how it was to be part of the Army. What did you like so much about it? The Army was pretty neat. Before I joined the Army, living out in California, I mainly hung out with Latinos and Mexicanos. I was not a racist or had prejudice, but I was just used to being around Mexicanos. I never cared for any other type of person, but when I joined the Army, I couldn't live like that anymore. The Army integrates a lot of different people. A white guy from Kentucky with a black guy from Brooklyn and then me from California, and it just forces people to change whether they like it or not for the better. And I didn't see people in colors from, from then on. I just saw people as just regular people. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool because from when I left it, I, I took that with me. I'm grateful for that because it allowed me to mature as an individual. And what about being gay in the Army? What was it like? How open can you be? <laughs> so that one is uh, really ironic. With everything that happened with me and uh, when I decided to come out because I just didn't want to live a lie anymore, mm-hmm. I was a sergeant at the time, and all my friends that I'm pretty sure are still serving currently and that are gay, actually, they were the ones that were mad at me, not the other ones. The other ones were like, oh, that's cool, that's not a problem, but the ones that I know that my friends are gay, they just got really upset and offended, and like, you didn't have to tell anybody, and don't ever say anything about us, and, you know, they're going to inquire, they're going to question you. And I said, well, I'm not being honest with myself, and I love the Army, I love my country, you know, but I'm a person, and if I can love my country and and do what I've done, and I'm a sergeant and everything, am I going to change from Sergeant Franco to all of a sudden 
this guy who's gay, the guy who's gay, the gay guy. Mm-hmm. Gay people should no. be allowed to serve, period. Openly, mm-hmm. without any uh, problems or any uh, repercussions. Right. And they just, I was tired of it, you know? I explained that with my boyfriend at the time because he was getting ready to move on to another base and he said we have to end it. And I said, it's not fair. Because if I was a girl, then we could have got married and the army would have moved me to where you're going. But just because we're both guys, it's not supposed to be accepted and you go and, and I never get to see you again and that's it, the end of the relationship. No. At that moment, I said, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. So that's when I went to my supervisor and I just said, you know what? It's not a girl that I just broke up with. It's a guy and this is what's going on. I just had to uh, be honest with myself. All the accomplishments, they can't take that away from me. Everything I've accomplished in the Army, I accomplished as a person. You know, it's not changed or disqualified just because I'm gay. I hope it will change in the next few generations because the younger generation now is going to laugh and go, that was stupid. The way my mom's generation was African-American and their generation fixed it and changed it, I'm pretty sure that two or three more generations are going to change it and they will have service members are serving openly with no problem. I mean, it's not a big deal, but I I don't... I love the Army to death. I still do. It's just one policy that I don't agree with. You talked about the people that work with you. They were the ones who were mad. Do you think the reaction was because you left them or because you were gay? Or what, what do you think the reaction was? One of them who I knew for years came up to me and said, how dare you? And said, um, it's not a big deal. And I said, well, then why are they going to kick me out if I said that? Then obviously it is a big deal. They felt Mm -hmm. I broke the code of silence, but in order to change things, you got to break the code. If uh, you just lie there and accept what's going on, then it's always going to stay that way. I'm not calling myself a catalyst by any means, but one of the majors before I left, he said, well, you're throwing it away. You're throwing your career away, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm just one of the casualties of what's going on right now, sir. Because I truly believe later on down the road, this generation, those kids that are growing up and I will be future senators and future leaders, and they'll just be laughing at that idea and go, whatever. You know? So, mm-hmm. it's up the trade. Okay. How open could you be? It was just a secret you, you mentioned, right? Was it possible to be somewhat open without breaking the code? It's acceptable as long as you're not real flamboyant about it. If we had a unit picnic or unit family gathering and you brought your lover, I'm pretty sure, yeah, that would be a no-go and they would nail you. As long as you never uh, acted blatantly homosexual, then they really didn't say anything. But that's still wrong. Every individual should have that option. I got out over an option. It's just Mm -hmm. the option if somebody came up to me and, and asked me and I could say yes instead of lie to myself and say, oh, uh, no, I'm not. That's a lie. I right. the Army for an option. Within the Army, is it easy to meet other gay men as well? No, it's not really that easy. Mm-hmm. Being a gay man, I could tell through um, nonverbal communication, you know, like eye movement or the way we talk with each other, how I could be able to pick up on something if the other person's gay or not, but... Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very uh, risky because if I assume that someone is and I approach them, I get nailed. What I would do is just wait till I was off duty and off post, and then if I saw somebody that 
that I knew was a fellow soldier in a gay bar or something, then I'd be able to talk to him. Then it'd be acceptable, but mm-hmm. never do it in uniform. That's why there's only professional in to do it actually in uniform. Has your sex life changed since you became positive? Anything has changed in the way you behave? Yes, it has, dramatically. I was responsible, when, but was very, very promiscuous. I'm responsible, and now I I like to screen people before I initiate in any type of physical intimacy or anything like that. And are you in a relationship? Yes, I am, sir. How was that? Did you reveal to your partner your status right away? How was that interaction? Actually, he contacted me, and he's also, uh, he was a friend of one of my other friends, and he's also positive himself. At that point, I decided that the only relationship that I want now is to be with somebody else that's positive. That's another game, the negatives. That's the whole other lifestyle, and I'm not in that lifestyle anymore, so I wanted to be with somebody who can understand my disease. It's cool, because if I get sick... He knows what to do and he knows how to take care of me. If he gets sick, I know what to do and how to take care of him, both emotionally and with the hospital and everything. So it works out pretty good. What do you like to do in your spare time? I like baseball. I'll play baseball or go out and play catch with my boyfriend or watch a baseball game, especially during the season. If it's in the season, everything stops pretty much, and I'll sit down and watch a Yankee game because I'm a diehard Yankee fan. So. What about religion? Are you a religious person or a spiritual person? Do you go to church, any of that? Before all of this, I was deeply in my Catholic church and wanting answers and all that stuff. And today I see it differently. I mean, I'm more of a spiritual person. For me, God works in people instead of a building or an organization or something like that. And I know the church doesn't see it that way, but... I feel closer to God if I'm more spiritually active rather than religiously active. Could you tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and uh, about your life? We know about the Army, but what was that yes. the first thing you wanted to do? Yes. When I was 12 years old, my mom, she used to give me these plastic soldiers and the paints for them, and I used to just kind of like nerd used to do that, but... I didn't stop doing it until I was like 16 years old, but I didn't care what was going on outside the world. I would just sit in my room and paint the soldiers and make sure the detail, the perfect... I wanted to be a soldier, and I thank God that I had the opportunity to be a soldier for as long as I had the shot to. It was awesome. What do you do now for a living, now that you're out of the Army? I am a contractor for the Army. It's cool because okay. now I get to work for them. Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Santa Barbara, California. And, and, and your background is uh, Mexican? Yes, sir. Mexican-American, third generation. Third generation. Wow. Well, how does being HIV positive taken in your community? Are you in touch with them or another Hispanic community where you live? Yes. I find it odd because it's different within the Latino community in Arizona and as well as where my mom is in San Diego, California. They accept it, but it's like in the family. They they don't talk about it. I speak for myself, but I'm a very proud person, and I know a lot of my my homeboys that are back home were very proud people. I guess we treat it like a pink elephant in the living room. It's there, but, you know, we won't talk about it. Even about my homosexuality, it's not spoken about, you know, something that Enrique does on the side or whatever, but they don't say bad things about it, but again, it's not accepted as well. 
so it's like caught in between. And it, it feels really odd because I get more support outside of my brothers instead of inside, where I think it should be the opposite. What about in Arizona? Do you notice a difference with the Hispanic community there, or is it about the same? Uh, it's pretty much about the same. I have more white friends over here in Arizona than I do Latinos. They're very, very open, and they're very, very warm. Right. I don't want to downplay my people, you know. I don't want to say negative things about us, but I do know, being a Latino myself, I'm very proud, and I don't like showing any signs of weakness or any signs of failure. So when it does right. occur, I don't want to show it. What has your health like been since your diagnosis? I can honestly say I am probably healthier physically right now than I was a year ago because I see it differently now when I go to the gym. Before, I just wanted to maintain the Army way, working out all the time and looking good and all that stuff. But now I see it as wanting to achieve what I have and wanting to maintain it. And I just want to be able to enjoy life. So the only way I can enjoy life is if I continue to take care of my body, go out, run, play baseball, work out, and it's fine. It's not that bad. So you think the HIV has impacted you in that way, and do you think it's made you a different person? Yes, I truly do. It made me take a closer look at myself, what I was doing with myself, and it's made me be more responsible, more reliant on God before than I I would pray when I wanted something or just needed something, but now... I rely on him more for other things besides spiritual things and vigilant as far as combating the HIV. I know I have it, and I don't want to forget I have it. So I I know I have to be very vigilant and not to let the disease sneak up on me because if I put my guard down as far as just quitting the workout, like, okay, I can hang my head and whatever. No, I can hang my head when I'm in the hospital getting ready to die. That's when I quit. But from right now until that day happens, I can't stop. I got to keep moving forward. I have to. Do you have a particular health regimen that helps you stay well? Aside from you, you mentioned the gym. Uh, my doctor told me to try selenium and echinacea, some herbal stuff, and I've been taking those on a regular. Pretty much the gym and protein. Take a lot of protein with the protein shakes. And I eat a lot of fish. My boyfriend loves to cook fish a lot, so we eat a lot of fish and a lot of that kind of stuff. What HIV regimen are you taking currently? I am not on any regimen right now. You haven't started treatment? No, sir. My last score for CD4 was 696, and my viral load was 10,000. How do you keep informed about HIV? How do you get your information about the virus and the treatment? The body, of course, I love the body. As soon as I got diagnosed, I went on the Internet, and I needed to see where I could go to get information that is up-to-date and current literally day by day, and the body's one of them. There's a site called AIDS Map that I go to. It's a British site, UK site, and pretty much those two. And my doctor, of course, when I need questions about certain medications, right. that's my doctor. Do you use any magazines? Do you read any magazines? Mm, I read the pause. I read the pause from oh. time to time. Do you think you're getting the best care possible with what you have now, your doctor? Do you feel you have a good relationship with him? Yes. Yes, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything better. The um, infectious diseases doctors have a different mentality than a regular doctor. 
you mentioned your community. I was just curious. Have you come out to them in terms of being HIV positive? Mm, yes, I have. One of my friends from Texas forewarned me saying it has to be the right time and you have to find the right moment to tell and everything. And my mentality is no, <laughs> I'm not going to have it like it's a secret or anything. And what if I went back home and I wanted to wait for the right time or moment and something happened like I'm playing basketball with my boys and I accidentally cut somebody's eye or something and then all of a sudden it's going to spill out that way. No, wrong answer. If I have to take the bumps and the, and the bruises, initially, I'd rather have it taken it that way than in a situation. When I came out, I just immediately come out and say it. There's no sidestepping with me. I'm pretty much brusque when it comes to telling something. What about the guys that you used to play basketball with? What did you tell them exactly? It's funny because I don't try to get mad at them. Some of them are still doing the same thing that they've been doing since high school. So. <laughs> talk about not ever maturing, still living with, with, uh, with the familia. But I bring that up. If they want to start bragging on me about the gay thing, it's not even much the HIV, it's the gay thing. It's just weird to see people's reaction when you tell them. They don't see it because they can't see it, but I see it. When I tell one of my friends or somebody that I'm homosexual or that I'm HIV or both, I can see that change in the, in the look and the face. I transform from Chico to this guy. But I'm still Chico. If they ever try to rag me about it, then I just always mention, look where you're at right now, buddy. You know, we all have problems. There's a warm blanket of denial in the, in the Latino community over there. I was reading on another site that the, the percentage of HIV is growing. It's not even stabilizing or dropping. It's actually increasing amongst Latinos because they don't, they're, they're in denial. I don't want to talk about it. We don't want to know about it. It's on the other side of the fence. It doesn't exist. Yeah, homie, it does. It does. But I was that kind of person. You know, I was one of them. I was like my homeboy. I didn't care about HIV. I didn't even hardly know about HIV. I just knew he got sick and died. So, you know, what about them? I don't care about them. But now that I'm part of it, it's very different on the other side. And I'm still the same person. It's just... Mm -hmm. I understand where they're coming from because I, I used to think like that. So they treat you a little differently now. Right. It's like transformed into Frankenstein or something. <laughs> yeah, I can see the expression on the face. When, even my doctor, my infectious disease doctor, when I first met him, he knew I was positive already, but when I say it, I talk about it, I can see the transformation, the expression on mm -hmm. the person's face. And, and this is more the gay aspect rather than the HIV. As far as the homosexual thing, I can't break through with them, and I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to go out and say every time I go see them, hey, remember I'm gay. I'm just mm -hmm. going to live through my actions to demonstrate that not all gay guys try to hit on guys and mm -hmm. think about sex all the time and talk about dirty stuff. If I can mm -hmm. demonstrate that through my actions to my friends, Mm -hmm. Then there was obviously just a cheek. You said you saw their expression. Did they say anything? Was, was there any reaction, like a verbal reaction? That... No. It was just a look or a, my friend Polo, just the look and the shrug of the shoulders, and then mm -hmm. we don't talk about it no more. They don't seem to be able to talk about it directly. Right. It's a blanket of denial. I honestly believe that. 
the blanket of the mouth until one of them gets infected. And then, oh, well, look at what I got. I think for the Latino community, because what I've seen with my friends and I've seen my family, I think it has to be hit very aggressively because um, I'm not talking violently. I'm talking very aggressively as far as more rallies and more um, awareness programs and more vocalizing within the community in order to get the message or the point across because it's just going to keep going on. Looking back, are you glad you, you broke the silence with them? I am. I, I remember when I wrote that story that I'm the firstborn in, in my fa- my father's family, so mm-hmm. I got to take a lot of beating for it, regardless if it's a real bad one or just a little slip. But since I'm the firstborn, I have to... Mm-hmm be able to suck it up and just take the hit. Mm-hmm. If I do it the right way, if I do it through my actions, I'm sure my brother and my family members, all of them are looking at me like, how is she going handling it? How is she dealing with it? Unfortunately, I'm going to be the one that has to take the, the brunt of it, but I'm willing right. to do that. They can learn through what I do. It's a cliche, but it's true. Actions speak louder than words. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to try to live my life as best as I can the same way before it was positive, before it came out, and you'll see that nothing's really changed. Not that big deal. You're a trailblazer, really. You're opening the way, I think, for other people. Yeah, I like that, a trailblazer. Oh, that's wonderful, Enrique. This is what we wanted to hear more about because I think this is a, a very important thing that you've brought up, that in the community there is a lot of denial and inability to cope with the issue, uh, well, homosexuality being one, but also HIV, this has a lot of repercussions in terms of people's health and people's well-being. Yeah, I'm very grateful to God that I'm a male Latino, HIV-positive homosexual now in this generation. Say it happened in the 1940s or the 1970s. I'm pretty sure they had it pretty bad, too, but Mm -hmm. trailblazers in those days, too, that that changed things. It's just a learning process. I see it like the Soviet Union and the United States. They train their people this way and don't look on the other side of the fence and they don't exist. It's not true. And then when you go to the other side, you see how the life is and everything, and you want to desperately come back and say, hey, look at it. It's not that bad. Look at this. Look at this. I want to do it the same way with this. I mean, it's just a big blanket of denial. And it's just really, it's going to take a, a long time. But mm-hmm. we're Latinos, and we can overcome it. I'm not about that. And anything else you'd like to add about your story, about how you're coping with uh, living with HIV? I just wanted to let the young ones, or the ones that are lost, or the ones that are scared, of not to be scared that if they just got diagnosed, or I don't care how old they are, 18 years old or 50 years old, you know, this is a scary thing, but... I don't want anybody to feel scared or anything like that. I'm not a doctor, but the best diagnosis for me, and I really think it is for anybody, is is not to put your head down. I mean, if you put your head down, you're not going to win. In order for you to, to combat it successfully, you got to say, you know what? This is my body. This is my life. I'm not going to stop living. I'm not going to stop living. I'm not. Gonna, I refuse to put my head down. And I think if I could generate that message to everybody who who just gets diagnosed, that it's a message of hope. If they have that little inkling of hope in their mind and in their heart and they let the seed take, then it'll grow into this big tree that HIV will not be able to cut down at all. I really get offended when I hear somebody moping about it's sad and I want to feel sorry for myself. You don't have time for that. 
you really don't. You got to just keep pushing forward. It's okay to be scared, but don't hang your head. Well, this is wonderful, Enrique. I think we've covered all the topics, and I want to thank you for your time and for your honesty in talking about living with HIV. I think this is going to be very powerful and very useful for other people that may be dealing with the same issue. The opinions expressed by hosts or interviewees in this podcast do not constitute professional advice, should not be considered substitutes for professional services, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Body Health Resources Corporation or its sponsors. Please see the full disclaimer online at thebody.com. If you have comments or questions, please contact us. Thanks for listening to This Positive Life. For more podcasts and other first-person stories, please visit us online at thebody.com. If you'd like to share your story, please email us at podcast at thebody.com. Thank you.